0: Welcome to the Breaking 50% Podcast, where we bring you a few minutes of NFL gambling news because you care about gambling, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. Trash cover of the week. Vikings plus three and a half over the Cowboys. There have been a number of rule changes in the last few years to try to make the game safer. And since half the people on the field are trying to tackle the other half, it seems natural that those rule changes would, by and large, negatively affect the half that's trying to do the tackling. This has made it increasingly difficult to play defenses. Rules that no human could reasonably follow. Rules that ask you to, in less than half a second, respond to the movement of someone who's moving at 20 miles an hour when you have already started to move, and then that other object just ducks. Not possible to change what you are targeting. But every once in a while, these safety improvements actually benefit the defense the Cowboys have a fairly comfortable 17 to 9 lead with under three minutes to play second down and nine when Dak Prescott rolls out doesn't find a receiver and decides to scamper and just before the first down marker he slides as a smart quarterback should and since his entire body ends up past the first down marker he isn't touched until like a yard past it it's ruled a first down the Vikings challenge and they win because of this safety rule that the moment a quarterback starts sliding, he is down at that spot you don't have to touch him he doesn't get any forward progress forward momentum no he's just down right there it's the least the NFL could do with a number of 15 yard penalties that are registered in this scenario when someone is diving to tackle the quarterback and then the guy slides and then they throw the 15 yard penalty like he already left his feet he can't he can't morph in air can't teleport himself. But that's beside the point. The correct call is made after the challenge. The Vikings now have a chance. Third down and one. But, oh, the Cowboys are so good on offense. Their offensive line is so dominant. Ezekiel Elliott, incredible. Fumbled snap. Oh, my, the Vikings are going to get the ball back. But, again, they're still down 17-9. They still have an offense that has been awful the entire game and really has been awful for several weeks. And then, thanks to multiple athletic plays by Sam Bradford, and this absolutely factors into the trash cover element of this. We're talking full rollout all the way to the sideline to the left, full rollout all the way to the sideline on the right, completing downfield throws. The Vikings score the touchdown. They don't get the two-point conversion, which would have been a nice way for the, the pump fake trash cover where it goes into overtime and the Cowboys win by six, but no, conversion fails. Vikings lose, but they get the cover. The trash cover. Least favorite comment of the week. I don't think there's any way he's contemplating retirement. There's been a recent backlash against elitism, which on its face doesn't make any sense to me. Where would you, when would you not want elites, elitism? Oh, I'm building this nuclear reactor. Uh, just give me a mediocre scientist. I mean, I could have an elite one. I could have the best one. no. Nah, I'll just take a mediocre one. Wow, we've got this elite writer who's won tons of awards, who wants to write for our publication. Nah, I I think we should pass on that. It's just, it's a little too pretentious. Way, way too elite. But this complaint being registered by so many people wasn't going away. So perhaps I was missing the point. Perhaps there was something more to it. And then I saw the reaction to Earl Thomas, and at least a part of the cries against elitism made a lot of sense to me. So Earl Thomas... Is an all-pro safety for the Seattle Seahawks, he injured himself in such a serious way on Sunday that he will be placed on the IR and he'll miss the rest of the season. And following the game, he tweeted out that a lot, we'll quote this, A lot is running through my mind, including retirement, thanks for all the prayers. This is not taken out of context. This is not some behind-the-scenes interview, some anonymous source. This is him directly communicating to the world what he is feeling in this very moment. But a large body of journalists, including the most popular sports radio morning program, Mike & Mike, Nah, he's lying. He's just caught up in the moment. There's no way he actually feels that. Which, first off, even if he is just caught up in the moment, he is still actually feeling that in the moment. But going to a more general thing, where we're not getting into a semantic argument, who are you to declare that this person's feelings aren't real yeah we've had athletes in the past who said they're going to retire and then they don't and yeah the irrationality of the moment has in various ways probably plagued all of us where we've done something stupid done something emotional that we regret that we wish we could take back that we didn't really mean even though we didn't mean it in that moment That's beside the point this Is elitism gone bad? This is someone telling you, Oh, I'm doing this because of my religion. I'm doing this because my dad told me to do this. I'm doing this because I don't have any money. I'm doing this because I want to impress that girl. And you saying, Nah, uh, you're telling me this, but I don't actually believe you. I think I know better what is actually motivating you than you do. I think I know better than what would truly be good for you than you do. And again, there is this interesting line where that might be true, but it's the way the message is delivered, the way that it is so condescending that I am so smart, I am an elite, and you just have no idea. You're telling me that this is the reason I don't believe it. Some of this, at least a small part of it, comes from an inability to empathize. So we have Ex-athletes judging a current athlete, it's natural, especially when you are failing miserably to empathize, that you expect someone else's thoughts, motivations, goals to mimic what your thoughts, motivations, and goals were, and you let that sense override the facts that are being presented. Earl Thomas telling you he's contemplating retirement... Instead of listening to that, you listen to your inner monologue. Man, if I was that good at football and I could make that much money and it's the sport that I love, and yeah, I mean, it would be disappointing if I got injured, but there's no way I would consider retirement. So, he can't possibly be considering retirement. It's really hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Something that makes it just a tad bit easier is at least giving just a tad bit of credibility, tad bit of legitimacy to what the person is actually saying. Reminder of the week. NFL contracts are different. When Kevin Love signs a deal worth more than $100 million, you can be pretty sure that he will be paid more than $100 million. The same is true for a baseball player like Albert Pujols. The contract he signs is pretty much what he can expect to receive. Those contracts are guaranteed. In the NFL, however, the same is not true. Colin Kaepernick signs a six-year $114 million deal, and the Niners have so many ways to make sure he does not actually make $114 million. In fact, some of those ways have already happened. He had four years left on his contract. He's now renegotiated where he only has two years left on that contract. He will almost certainly not be paid more than $100 million from the 49ers. Through examples like this one and countless others in a similar vein, we have learned that the number of years and dollars that appear in headlines about player contracts are not certainties. They are, in fact, quite malleable. This is a reminder that the same is true for NFL coach contracts. Jeff Fisher was in the final year of his contract entering this season and due in part to this lame duck status during this interesting transitional time where you're moving a team to another city The organization decided to give him a two-year contract extension, perhaps as early as before the season. It is genuinely weird that it took this much time for this information to come out, but that weirdness should not overshadow the reality that this is an NFL contract. This is not guaranteed. Yes, there are two more years. He could be the coach for two more years, but there is a team out. There are clauses that have been inserted whereby Jeff Fisher does not have to coach for two more years. That much is obvious. We know that you could fire a coach or fire a player. Uh, But he also doesn't have to be paid for those two extra years in entirety. By all means, you can think it's crazy that the Rams extended Jeff Fisher. This is simply a reminder that two years isn't really two years.